Today on The Breakdown, it's day two at the World Series of Poker Europe main event in 2019, and we've got some people who are scrapping for chips. That's right. They're willing to get down and dirty in the mud, and this is all going to come to a head in this very particular hand where Skipper Rasmussen plays up against a guy named Derniger, we think. Uh, I think that's how it's pronounced. And they both have very strong hands. But somehow they both decide to bluff also. You may be saying to yourself, but Jonathan, that's a conundrum. That's an impossibility. How can one have super strong hand and bluff? Well, let me tell you, this is how. This is how. Today on The Breakdown, we're going to get into it with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Well, kind of like an entropy thing, or an entropy thing to answer your question, because it could be at one point they had super strong hands, and at one point they bluff, kind of the same way that you could say Santa Claus is both alive and dead. How can you say Santa Claus is both alive and dead? <laughs> because at one point Santa Claus was alive, and now Santa Claus is dead. How do you know that Santa Claus is dead? I know, trust me. <laughs> you don't want to know how I know, but, but I know. And now I think I know how you know, based on what you said. You, what you're guessing is probably correct. <laughs> yeah. That's disturbing. Okay. But, I'm not like I would never want to get you in trouble, but I'm guessing that you killed Santa Claus. All right. Let me ask you a couple questions yeah. about let's let's forget Santa Claus for a second. Right, right. And just say there's a person <laughs> and these are the things this person does. <laughs> and is the world better off without this person? <laughs> Shall we begin? <laughs> I don't think I have to go any further with that joke. Uh, why would the world be better off without the things that Santa does. Guy who lives in the North Pole with a bunch of reindeer. That's bad. That's you have elves. to kill him. And then he has magic that flies his sleigh around. So far, and so he good. Uses this to enter people's homes and give them stuff and leave. Are we sure he's always going to give them stuff? Are well, we sure this isn't a long game? Well, let me say this. Well, guess what? It's not a long game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, maybe you killed him at just the right time. Yeah, I might have just hit the apex. <laughs> like, he's giving out all the gifts. He's just about to start taking everyone for everything they had, and yeah. he died. You think Bernie Madoff didn't give initial investors some money? Of course he did that. Yeah. I mean, that's, oh, my God. Was the whole th- was Christmas always a Ponzi scheme? Was he taking gifts and then passing them on to the next What the do next you thing? think, man? I never, th- I never thought about that. And well, you know why? It's because I was brought up Jewish, of course. So, of yeah. course, I wouldn't have thought about that. I was just jealous all the time of all the other kids because they got way better presents than... Than I did. So much, so many better presidents. We had eight days of Hanukkah. You're supposed to get a present every day. Guess what? You get eight terrible presents. That's what, that's what happens. Because it's diluted. Like, you know what a Weeble Wobble is? No. <laughs> What's a Weeble Wobble? <laughs> <laughs> so Weeble Wobble was a child's toy when I was growing up, which are just these little, like, egg-shaped uh, characters. They're, like, literally egg-shaped. And they weeble and they wobble, but they don't fall down. So you can, like, they, like, you push them back and forth, and they just sort of you know, wobble around yeah, yeah. Um, and they have like people's faces on them and stuff. And like the way it would work is if you buy a set of weeble wobbles, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's like, there's like seven of them in there. You don't get all those weeble wobbles on, on the first day of Hanukkah. You get one weeble wobble and then guess what you get on day two? You when, get another fucking weeble, weeble wobble. You get a weeble wobble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by, by day seven, you're pretty sure what's coming. You know what I mean? It's like there's a lot of surprise. No, sort of, no more mystery in that uh, particular is it a, relationship. Is it a weeble it's wobble? It's a fucking weeble wobble. The eighth day, you're finally like, I think that's the end of the weeble wobbles. <laughs> there's probably something else. And you do get something else, but it's like a card. 
It's a card. Does and it maybe, money? Does and it maybe, have money in it? No, it does not have money in it. And maybe there's socks. Let me get close. It's a rough holiday, man. And you're sitting there, and you know about everyone else during Christmas and what they're getting, because they're telling you. Oh, they're talking about it. Let me tell you, they're definitely talking about it. And it's always great stuff, because for some reason... In all the non-Jewish households, everyone's saving up for Christmas. And for some reason, at least in my Jewish household, it was, you know, we bought, you know. But let me tell you, if my, thank God my parents didn't decide to buy, like, a deck of cards for me. Because that would have covered, like, nine, nine Hanukkahs all by themselves. <laughs> well, think about it this way. You probably knew better than the other kids where the best Chinese restaurants were. Because that's where you went on Christmas, I assume. Um, we did. Yeah. We, did go to, we went to the movies and we go to Chinese restaurants. And it was quite fun. That was very nice. Probably had some good Chinese food. Uh, yeah. We so did. maybe stop complaining for a second. I mean, I still am complaining about being given something for free. So that is a little bit weak. But I was like six. And I knew it sucked. You I got, knew it sucked back then. You got then. to have a cultural experience yeah. of Hanukkah. Yeah. And then the cultural experience of Chinese food. You were rich in experience. That's, that's all just the cultural experience of being Jewish in America, though. It's all the same thing. Yeah, because that's not really <laughs> real Chinese food either, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I've been to a real Chinese food restaurant, by the yeah, way. Yeah, so have I. We Those were there are... together. Oh, oh, I wasn't thinking about that, actually. Yeah. Um, that was actually, that even is more Americanized than what I'm talking about. I mean, I, I you had mean the a... place where we ate chicken feet? Yes. I mean, I'd, I've eaten a, I had a, a Chinese girlfriend back in the day, meaning she, like, lived in China until she was, I think, 14. Okay. Um, could speak three different dialects, you know. It was, like, impressive. We, she was like, I'm taking you to a real Chinese restaurant. This is, you know like 17 years ago now. And so we went and it was awful. It was disgusting. Really? Yeah. The only good thing were the fish balls. And those are exactly what you think they are. Yeah. Yeah. Balls of fish. Balls of fish. Um, and soup. Those are quite wonderful. Everything else I really, really did not enjoy. But you, she liked it all. You're not like super experimental with food though either. I mean, I'm willing to try things. I just don't like any of it, you know? Okay. I like pineapple on pizza, though. So. You liked our experience at uh, Dim Sum in Vegas. That's what I'm I referring to. We oh, went yeah, to like a it. pretty authentic Dim Sum with a person who spoke Mandarin, which helped a lot because he did all the ordering for us. Yeah. Uh, Zach. Shout out to Zach. Mm-hmm. Probably listening. Not entirely sure. I mean, even if he's, even if he's hearing, is he listening? No. Zach never <laughs> actually listens. Exactly. You know? If he did... I mean, he would have hugged he you. Would ha- he would have hugged has, you a long time he ago. He has so much potential. He doesn't even know it. <laughs> Zach! Love that guy. I do actually love that guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that that's a thing that we talked about for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas is in four days from when this podcast is wow, being released. Wow, is so, it really? So the bad news for all of you kids out there who are hoping for Santa to come down your chimney and yeah. deliver a wonderful present is that he's in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did the deed. <laughs> but the good news is he maybe was coming to take your stuff. We don't know. Yeah, this might have been the year where like, you wake up and you're like, there are no stockings left. Wait a second. Where's the couch? Yeah. Where's, the, where's the cake? He took the frozen veggies from the bottom of the freezer. Those were expired, Santa. It's, guys, it's possible we as a community, the world community, that we just free rolled Santa Claus. Nice job, everybody. Thanks to me, by the way. Thanks to Grant. Yeah. Assassin. Santa Assassin. Santa Assassin. Hey, that is yeah. almost the name of a movie that could be one day. Well, I guess we're going to have to write that one now. Okay. We've only got three or four movie ideas that we've never put pen to paper on. We have Although, one that we have put pen to paper on. Yeah. So what do you want? Although we'd, we put about one twelfth of the total work into it that needs to be done. No, 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 not, no. Way more than that. Way more than that. 
Uh, editing and shit. Oh, oh, then yeah, way less than that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just meant the first draft. Anyway, nobody cares. Let's move on. Okay, so we're talking about uh, day two of the 2019 World Series of Poker main event. I believe this happened before Christmas of 2019, so there was still one Christmas left with Santa uh, at the time that this hand was played. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's going to factor into either of the players' decisions. We're going to have a new calendar. It's going to be AS. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this hand was suggested by a new suggester, I believe. Oh, really? Dalion. Whoa. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. D-A-I-L-I-O-N. Sounds like Dalion to me. Anyway, Dalion suggested this hand on YouTube. Uh, uh, sorry, on Twitter. We can't get this on YouTube because it's a Poker Go hand. Dalion gave us where it was on Poker Go and we found it. You could suggest <laughs> a Poker Go hand, but you could also suggest a YouTube hand. If you do, please always tell us what time in the video it is. Etc. 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 Yeah, I mean, really, it's best just to include the link. Yeah, like just just give us the link. Then we we'll give us the link, but also tell us what time in the video it is, oh, or yeah. if if you're unable to embed because you don't know how or you're afraid. But if you can embed it, that that works better. I mean, just right click on this on the YouTube. Yeah, some people screen, are afraid of the right click, and it says embed. Right clicking is is like a big deal for some people. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fine. People can have their little peccadillos. <laughs> they can. Now that Santa won't take them, they can keep them. Yeah. Sure. All right. So it's day two. That means we're far away from the money. These things are long tournaments. It's a 10,000 euro buy-in, I believe. Uh, And we're going to... We don't really know much about these players. We think one of the players, Rasmussen in this hand, has about 250K in live winnings, according to Hendon Mobs. Something like that, that, yeah. The other guy, Derniger, we don't really know anything about. Um, Can't find him on Hendon, but that's because he's got an umlaut in his name, and uh, my iPad is... I don't, know how to, I don't know how to work that magic, okay? I think I do, but we don't need to get into Who that Who cares? Yeah. Uh, the thing that you guys should know is they're both phenotypically extremely European poker players. Like, they just look like European poker players. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. You know what I'm talking about. I can't believe you. In this day and age. Yeah. yeah in this day that's and age. who you've become. I'm the guy who killed Santa in cold <laughs> blood. You think, you think that, just, that just now protects you? You're inoculated from anything else that you, that you do from here on out? I mean, out? I worked for Giuliani for like five or six years. Yeah, okay. It's true. It did. But, you know, it came back around After eventually. Santa. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Okay. Let's get to the hand. Okay. So the blinds are 1,503K. Derniger is going to open the action. He's got 365K. He's going to be the effective stack between the two. So over 100 bigs. Obviously, day two of a main event. You're going to have a lot of chips. Sure. He opens two sevens. Seven of spades, seven of hearts from the hijack. Folds to Rasmussen in the big blind, who's got 405K. He's got ace eight off, ace of clubs, eight of spades. He calls. Nothing to say here, right? So far, so good. Super straightforward. Pots 18,500. Flop, four, five, six with two hearts. Pretty damn good flop for two sevens. Yep. Among the best. He's even got the seven of hearts. It's yep. pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Rasmussen's going to go ahead and check. This is a board you could actually argue a lead on out of the big blind if you want to, especially with a hand like ace eight that has some shutdown value, but not a lot, and has a gut shot, could improve. You know, it's your board versus your opponent. You actually expect a lot of time uh, the hijack's just going to check this one back, too. Maybe yeah. not with the hand that he actually has, but like with a big chunk of his range, this is a pretty easy check back, so, which is a reason to lead, actually. Yeah. But also is like you figure you're not going to have to call that often on this board. Actually, the more I think about it, I think I want to lead yeah, as Rasmussen. Me too. But I could see myself in the moment checking, Yep, which is what Rasmussen does. Derniger is going to bet. Thinking from a purely optimal perspective, do you think it's better to check maybe all of your range? Even though this is... This is maybe the perfect hand to bet two sevens because it's both vulnerable and has a lot of equity against everything. 
I think we're probably supposed to check our whole range here. Uh, I th- maybe that's too easy, you know, like a solution, too yeah. simplified. And like if, if our opponents really know we're going to check our whole range, then they can start leading on these boards all the time. And we're just, we're suddenly, we're in, it's a much harder hand to play. So we probably have to bet some of our range, but I think we should be checking the vast majority of our range here. This would be one of the hands that if we were going to bet probably fits into a pretty nice bet. Yeah. Where like we can withstand a lot of heat. Like he wants to check raise five. Yeah, we're calling. Yeah. Um, it's better than having like a slightly better over pair, like nines, I think. For sure. Um, it's not, a lot not like jacks. It's or a lot more like comfortable to call with yeah, yeah. sevens. Than right. Like we always have outs against almost everything. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a really nice spot. Um, so I guess we'd always have outs against everything, really. Uh, so it's, uh, it feels like we could bet this. Maybe we could bet a few flush draws and maybe a few gutters also, something like that. Gutters that we're happy to fold if we get raised, you know, maybe gutter with the back door, something like that. Yeah, or you could just check everything. Maybe the easy solution is the good one. Yeah, maybe maybe you don't have to worry too much about being exploited by someone leading into you. Like, how often does that really come up? Like we're saying, like, we want to lead, but in practice, we don't lead this spot yeah. very often, right? Anyway, Derniger is going to bet. Okay. He bets 9K, which, you know, it's a bit of a size up for, for these types of players most of the time, but it's a wet board, so it makes some sense. This is, this is a board to bet more on, yeah. for sure. It's, it's, wor- like it's better for his opponent's range, so he's supposed to bet more. So what do you want to do is Rasmussen with ace-8, eight, four, five, six, two-heart board. You have no hearts. I think it's either a call or a raise, yeah. but which do you prefer? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. A raise is a little weird because we can have the best hand, we can also, we have some pretty good turns. We have reasonable equity a lot of the time, even if we're up against some uh, hands that are like, you know, like, like against King, Queen, not forget just having the best hand where maybe we can get bluffed a lot if we're up against King, Queen, right? If we don't improve. But like any seven, any eight, any ace may lock us into another call down the road, uh, which may be enough to get us home. So I don't hate a call here. I think because we have ace high specifically, I'm, I'm inclined to want to call rather than to raise. What do you think? I just had so many thoughts swimming through my head that yeah. it's, it's hard to divulge a good one, but I'll try my best. Um, I don't like the range war against if Derniger is, in fact, going to be not betting very much at all here. That's like a good if point. If he's only betting sevens and sets and flush draws and hands like that. Maybe a few big over pairs that aren't folding. Yeah, then, then I don't like a raise. If Derniger is kind of a... Barry Greenstein type player, and we've observed this. I love a race Fair. with Ace Eight because I don't love our prospects of improvement. Ace Eight with no heart is not a good draw on this board. Yeah, Ace High is not really a good Ace High on this board. It's a very dynamic board. A lot of things can happen. Sure, um, we're actually so, beating almost no Ace. So uh, anyway. to me, it really depends on Derniger's C bet like frequency. If his frequencies are way too high, I think it's an absolute slam dunk raise. If they're if they're normal or even like low frequency C-bets on these types of boards. I think it's to call. I yeah. think I even like want to throw a few folds in there if, if that's the case, but I don't mm. think we can really do that with this hand at this depth. Probably not. Uh, I like your thinking. Uh, I think we're probably, I, I would guess that the C-bet uh, frequency is pretty low on this kind of a board, a four, five, six, two heart board. So that's a really good reason not to raise is that like, we're probably, okay, we'll fold out a few gutters, but we're beating those anyway. Like, yeah. We're fine against the gutters. I mean, the, on the flip side of that, of course, we can wrap everything that's strong on this board. Yep. We have all the sets. We have every combo of straight. It was a very small raise. There's, like, I think we can have 3-7 three, three here. I think yeah. we can have 3-7 off, probably. 
I'm not sure if we can or not, but we can certainly have three seven suited. Yeah. We can have some three fours, maybe all the three fours. You mean deuce three? No, I meant three fours, like a pair in a straight draw. Oh, okay. Um, deuce three, we can have only the suited ones. Maybe. I don't know. It's only 4K more. 4K to, to win 14K. They're super deep. I'd be surprised yeah. if someone's really calling a yeah, race know, in the World close. Series main event. Some people, some people do. It's true. But if you're any good, mostly I think you fold those. Okay, hands. but you have... We're, we're splitting hairs. You have yes. all those. You have two pair combos. You have sets. No question. You have plenty of flush draws, combo draws, etc. Yeah. yeah. That's, an, that's going back to the reason to raise. I think you have more overall strong hands than Derniger as Rasmussen. Mm-hmm. The problem is just in practice, are you actually folding out enough of, Rasmus, of Derniger's range to make it profitable to check raise? Yeah. Um, and maybe if we're raising this, then we're just raising too much of our range here too. Yeah. Like I would want to raise a worse hand that has some equity, but maybe less equity than this. Something like you mean like Queen Eight instead. Um, queen Eight is actually a better, a good example. That was what I was thinking of. I was thinking more something like uh, Queen, like maybe it's Ace Ace Nine with the Ace of Hearts or something like that. So we've got like a backdoor flush draw kind of thing in overs, but in practice, a gutter no- with no backdoor flush draw isn't bad enough for you. <laughs> that is okay. Um, that's pretty bad. I, I want to have a backdoor flusher, also, is what I'm saying. Okay, like on top of if I'm going to raise and so get why would called. you want to remove your gutter? Oh, that's true. No, no, a gutter would be great. Um, but I think it's okay. I mean, if, we, if we're always in with a gutter and a, and a big heart, maybe that's maybe that, that gives us some bluffs. I don't know if that's enough, but those are at least some reasonable bluffs to have here where like. We're happy to give it up with, you know, we don't, ha- we don't have to put a lot of chips in, even though we're bluffing here. Anymore. Yeah. Either way, yeah. Rasmussen elects to call. Okay. Seems fine. I think it's a actually pretty interesting spot. Yep. I got no problem with the call. That's for sure. Pot's now 36,500. That's, that's ironically how many times I praised nitrogen last night. Yeah. You really took a lot of time, I heard. Yeah. Your wife was texting me like, is this ever going to end? I think this is like, <laughs> and you were like, how many, how many has it been? Has it yeah. been 36,500? And she was like, no, it's been like 28,000. Like, and well, you're like, well, you're in for a little bit more, you know, put on the start, start binge watching season four of the crown yeah. because it's going to be a while. Yeah. Well, the, tell them why I'm so praising of nitrogen. Well, part of it is just your nature. Well, yeah, you're I, just a really optimistic guy. I, yeah. But also in fairness, nitrogen is a fabulous place to both play poker, play casino games, and sports bet. Make friends. <laughs> that as well, yes. Uh, and, of course, we're all stronger when we're a, when we're a team, uh-huh. aren't we? Uh, there's, there's, Just got to want it more. There is an I in team if yeah. you look closely enough. So the thing that makes nitrogen really awesome, though, is, well, there's a bunch of things. One of them is that it's a Bitcoin-only poker site. And that means you get your money in fast. You get your money out super fast also. That's 90 minutes from hitting the button to spending the money. That's pretty good. That's impossible. No one else does that. Yeah. But they do it. They've always done it that way. It's super sweet. By the way, it's free to take your money out. You don't have to pay them a transaction fee or anything like that. I think every week you get a free uh, withdrawal. That's, yeah, who needs to withdraw more than once a week? You drug dealers. You big crazy people. Yeah. yeah. Um, of course, our poker tournament is legendary as the best iterated value in poker, Grant. I think Hulk Hogan said that in his autobiography. Yeah, it was called The Best Iterated Value in Poker. Page 44. By Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good biography. Thanks, brother, for the best iterated value in poker. Wow, that was incredible. I've known you for how many years? I've never heard you do that. That was incredible. Thanks, brother. It was really good. Appreciate it. <laughs> Can you do anything else? Make sure to follow me on Twitter. I'm, I'm at Hulk Hogan on Twitter. Not as good. <laughs> Thanks, <but> brother. 
<laughs> anyway, um, the, our legendary tournament is, of course, where they guarantee 1,000 buy-ins. We cap the player pool at 300 players, which means the prize pool always is overstuffed with value. Oh, like a turkey. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going for. Yeah. Um, 700 buy-in minimum stuffing. Usually more because we usually get like 200 You can't players. even get that at the grocery store. It's also cheap to play. It costs like these days a little less than $2 by the time you're listening to this. Who the hell knows what the price of Bitcoin is going to be, but probably not significantly more than $2. And of course, they're going to be guaranteeing a thousand times whatever your buy-in is. It's an incredibly great value. Of course, you have to use the link in the description when you sign up for Nitrogen. Otherwise, you can't play this tournament. And here's the thing. When you use the link in the description, you still get all the other cool stuff. You just also get this. It's like an add-on. It's like a freebie. And by the way, we sometimes have other. It's cool like a Furby. That's a great deal. Yeah, it is. It's like a Furby. Those though. are it's collect- not a Furby. They're it's, collectibles. It's like a Furby. You can sell those for a lot of money. But it's not a Furby. No, it's just like one. It has some characteristics that are similar. So uh, yeah, it hits the uncanny valley pretty hard. <laughs> what I was trying <laughs> to say is, uh, yeah, there's no reason not to do it if you're interested in signing up for nitrogen because you also sometimes get other free cool things. We've got people playing for free in a survivor pool right now where there's about two thousand dollars in the prize pool just for free. Um, we have a fantasy football league, which if you had signed up through the thing, you can play in and they threw in an extra several hundred dollars. Oh, we didn't this year, I guess we had it last year though. We're going to have it again when there's no COVID. Yeah. Um, a little bit strange times this year, but But they just throw extra money at, um, people who sign up this way. So sign up this way. That's the whole spiel. Now you've heard it. Now you are whole, you are complete. You can do, you can go wherever you need to go next. And that can be a lot of different directions. And it doesn't matter where you go. You win already. You've already succeeded. Like Charlie Sheen. Anyway, the pot is 36,500. We've got two sevens for Derniger, who's the opener in the hijack. We've got ace eight off for Rasmussen in the big blind, who has check called the 9K bet. The turn is the seven of diamonds. Oh, so sick. (laughs) So troublesome and worrisome and sick. So the board is four, five, six, seven, two hearts. It is. So what does that mean for these players' hands, Jonathan? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. Please do. It means that Rasmussen is the guy who has the ace eight, and he has now made the top end of the straight. There you go. And Derniger, who's got pocket sevens, just made a set of sevens, top set. But there's four cards just straight out there. Yeah. That's what it means. So Jonathan and I were just watching this hand, and we watched this happen. And I said out loud, like, this guy has to lead ace eight. Like, it's a bad play not to lead ace eight. Yeah. And yeah. then he led ace eight. Yeah. So let's talk about that. He leads for 19K into 36,500. Sure. How is he balancing this? Because he's leading because he has a straight, and he expects there to be a ton of checkbacks from Derniger. How do you balance that? What other hands are you leading? I think the clear other hands that you balance with are um, your flush rust here. Seems yeah. pretty straightforward to me. You're going to have enough of them. You're going to have a fair amount of them anyway, and you would lead all of them too, right? Like, so that way you balance your straights. Seems like it. Um, I guess we could decide to lead weaker hands that are strong, i.e. like a two-pair hand, like six, seven or something like that, top two. But we could also decide just to check those. Um, but I think, I think the way we balance it is what I said. Like, that's where I think we get our, our weak side from is the flush rush because we can't really get raised very often. The, the only issue with that, and maybe it's not an issue depending on how you balance on the flop, is that flush draws just feel like such a natural check-raising candidate on the flop. So yeah, I'm, not, they really I'm do. not really sure how many we have left. That's a good point, which I was not thinking. On this board specifically, it is a very much, very much a natural check-raising candidate. We're not going to raise all of them. So any ones we don't raise on the flop, I think we, we absolutely should lead with. Yeah. But maybe you're right. Maybe that means we need to find some more 
uh, hands to bluff with here or, or, or to lead with. It doesn't even have to be bluff exactly. Maybe we're, maybe we're leading with hands that we think were often best on the flop, but um, we don't know for sure. Like, like one pair, bad, bad one pair hands, like a four or a five or something like that, where we lead instead of giving a free card. So that's kind of a bluff, but kind of just equity denial? Yeah, I think it's mostly equity denial. What um, about the bottom end of the straight? Do we lead the bottom end of the straight? I think we should. Okay. What do you think? It's close, but yeah. probably. Like, if we're not leading the bottom end of the straight, then we probably don't have enough but strong value. Here. Is the bottom end of the straight a pretty straightforward bet fold? Because if our opponent knows anything, like, they're not going to raise yeah. as a bluff. I think, I think it's a bet fold on both turn and river. Yeah. Basically, almost no matter what the rivers, we probably bet again and f- have to fold if we get Right, because we're entirely uncapped in the big blind. We could easily have the nuts. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't even know if Stephen Chidwick's going to raise two nines. He's the guy who would do it. You know, raise two nines if, if we bet turn and river. He's like, well, I block eight nines, so fuck yeah. you. He, I guess he would do that. He always does that. But, um, yeah, I, I think we have to lead this. The, okay. the bad end of the straight. Yeah. Well, anyway, Rasmussen has the good end of it with the ace eight. This is easy. 19K he leads. Okay. Dern- Derniger is going to have a ton of folds here, which, you know, kind of sucks if you have the straight. But I guess Derniger is going to have some flush draws that he probably feels obligated to continue with based on the depth that they're at. And uh, some of them are going to be combo draws that still have, like, bigger gut shots. He's going to have some two-pair hands and sets like he does that I don't think he can fold. He's going to have some over pairs he might call with, too. He might, although would you really call with jacks? If you think your opponent is leading a bunch of other stuff that isn't just straights, yeah. which if... If Rasmussen's doing it right, he's supposed to have some... The problem is on this board, as you said, a lot of the flush draws are going to check raise right. the flop. So that, so that, like, there's a lot of boards where that isn't necessarily the case. And so that would be an easier spot to call, I think. But like, if we can eliminate some of the bluffs here, then it's easier to fold the overpairs. I, I recognize that the fields are very different. But I got to tell you, if I was playing the World Series of Poker main event and I was on day two, yeah. and I had an overpair and I was against this line that Rasmussen is taking and we were super deep. I would just fold and move on like against that field. If it's day two. Yeah. Like yeah. day one early on, of course you can call it cause it doesn't matter. Right. right. But as soon as you get to where the chips matter at all, yeah. I agree completely. Like why, why, yeah. why get involved here? Like we could be drawing dead basically yeah. with like two aces. Like, right. What's yeah. the point? You have to be against like elite competition to consider right. calling. If Bryn Kenny bets, I'm calling hundred yeah. percent of the time. And I'm probably calling all rivers right. too. And I'm going to hate it. I'm going to call and we're going to find out what happens. But most of these guys aren't Brent Kenny, like you're saying. Like it's the World Series of Poker main event. It's like. But this is, this is a tougher field than the regular World Series of Poker main event. It's a much smaller field. Right. But the World Series of Poker Europe main event is, is probably like just a regular tough 10K, right? Um, it's at least a tougher. I don't think it's just the same. It's probably a little bit weaker. So because the brand still is going to bring True. out some, some bigger fish than you'd normally get. Yeah. But, but I, it's still. Look. The main event in Las Vegas is, is like, the best deal in the world. Yes. I mean, it's like, wow, sometimes like that really happened. Okay. Yeah. You know, that and, guy paid $10,000 to play this. Right. And then he did that. Right. Wow. Yeah. I mean, or, or they don't. Or they, the thing is, they don't pay 10000 There's so many satellites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made, but whatever. Like, but it's effectively, they could have sold that for $10,000. So they chose to use that $10,000 okay. to play. My, my point is yeah. showed just that like you're getting people who are like, you know, really have no business being here right, right. in any way, shape, or form. It's great. So that isn't going to be nearly as true, which is to your point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yes, uh, I think it wouldn't be crazy to fold kings here if we think our opponent is uh, not going to be, like, crazy balanced. Right. None of that really matters, though, from Derniger's perspective because they're deep, and he has redraws to really, really good hands with the top set. All right, let me say one other quick thing. Sorry. Okay. Probably, in truth, if you, if you think your opponent is pretty good, 
and it's going to have bluff leads here. Probably what we do with something like kings is we fold any any time we have the king of hearts in our hand, and you know because that means we yeah. block the flush draws, sure, sure. and we probably have to call with a bunch of the kings that maybe all of them even that don't have the king of hearts on the turn at least. Then we figure it out. On Makes the river. sense anyway. But against most players that you're playing against, it's just a fold. <sighs> yeah, probably anyone who's an amateur you just usually have to fold. Who's they just most like people? always have it. Most people are amateurs. Yeah. Anyway, Derniger has a set of sevens. Can't fold. Doesn't nope. love it, but like you know, we're deep. Board pairing is almost always good. Oh, yeah. I mean, whatever. If yeah. it isn't too fucking bad yeah, for us, right. like, who cares? So Derniger calls. The yep. pot is now 74,500. We've got the four, five, six, seven, two heart board. Set of sevens for Derniger. Ace, eight for the straight for Rasmussen. The river is the eight of diamonds. Oh, so brutal. That sucks. It does. It would have been worse, though, if, like, the, the four paired, though, or something. Like, you know, because I think, I think Rasmussen's going to... He probably, he might not lose it all, but he'll lose. He's going to lose probably two bets, though. You know, you think he bets again and then calls a raise? I think he's definitely going to bet. Can you really call a raise? I don't know. Maybe you can. I wouldn't most of the time. It depends what you think about your. If opponent. I bet, I'm mostly not calling a raise. Yeah. If I check, I'm always calling the bet. Yeah, that's basically okay. It. That's depends. It depends on how he plays. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Go on. Anyway, how do you want to approach this as Rasmus? And obviously, we're chopping now. Yeah, it sucks. It's a bad card. For both players, honestly, but mostly for Rasmussen. It feels like we probably have more 8-9 yeah. in our hand. And more 9-10. 9-10. But it, how do we have 9-10? 9-10 of hearts. Yeah, so we don't have more 9-10, actually. Our opponent has more 9-10, right? Why? Oh, because he called the turn. Yeah. So. so we both have the same amount of 9-10. We all have 9-10 of hearts. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So that doesn't matter. Um, uh. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't like this spot at all. We do have we have we have more nines, probably, right? Because we have like no, no. Because we check called the flop, so we don't have that many nines. This has, is the problem. It's mostly eight, nine, and nine, ten of hearts. We could have maybe have pocket nines a little bit. I guess we have nine x of hearts. Any, yes, any nine x of hearts we might have. Our problem is our opponent has a lot of these things and other nines as well, yeah. right? Now he calls the turn, but. Is he going to call the turn with just overs in a gutter sometimes to try and take it away? Or? No. I think that's a fold mostly. Yeah, I think you're right, especially in the main event. Yeah. Like, people just don't do that very right. much. Um, okay. So they don't have that many nines either. They have more pocket nines than we do. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Ace nine of hearts. I guess most of the... We maybe have more nines, though, because we got all the suited nines, and our opponent only has a... F- no. Yeah. All the suited nines of hearts, and our opponent doesn't. Right? They have well, less. we might have check-raised a lot of those on the flop. Uh, damn you, Grant. You're right. Yeah. That's true. Uh, so I think these players probably have similar amounts of yeah. nines. Okay. Well then that's all that matters, right? So Rasmussen is going to Christian Soto it and say, well, if it's range neutral, I better win those pots. And that's how I win. Right. That's fair. So he bets a hundred K into 74,500. He's saying, well, it's an interesting decision to bet this much, right? He's sort of saying like, now you can't really bluff. It's really hard to bluff now. Right. Yeah. So now you have to either call for a chop and it sucks to do that. This or, is a kind of a nice bet. Or you have me beat, and so be it. Right. Yeah, yeah, fine. But, like, this is... this is. I kind of love this. I think if he bets smaller, he could... A lot of bad things can happen. We get called too often for the chop, and also we get raised more often because it's cheaper and easier to do. Now it's basically impossible to be raised as a bluff, right? The issue is that it looks exactly like what it is more yeah. than it looks like a nine. It looks like a turned straight that hates this card and is trying to salvage it. A nine is usually not going to bet this much. And also he just has so many more turned straights than he has nines. 
Like some mm-hmm. of them include nines, but that is a vast minority compared to right. the amount of turning straights he has. Right. And of course, if you have a nine, the only thing you're looking to get called by is someone who's playing the board. So betting more than the pot just feels like an unlikely thing, an unlikely yeah. decision, like to trying to get value out of a nine, unless you're, you know, triple reversing. If you have nine, 10 of hearts, okay, now you got the nuts. Now you yeah. can bet big to try and get called by a nine. Although what nine does our opponent have? If we have nine, 10 of hearts, two it's nines. Really, yep. That's like what we're down to. There's yeah. three combos of that. It's tough. Yeah. Um, by the way, if we bet small, we might get raised anyway. Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. Probably just get called anyway. Right. Um, uh, yeah, it does look pretty bluffy. It may not matter though. The story may not matter because it's such a bad situation. It's like, yeah, your it's like, in. do you really want to blow up your main event right now, buddy? Right. Like calling sort of blows up your main event if you call on a wrong for yeah. no reason. Like you haven't put that many chips in. The right. pot's still relatively small. So yeah. Well, the bad news for Rasmussen is that Derniger does want to blow up his main yeah, event. Yeah, he does. And he moves in. I mean, he moves in for 330K. People, over the top. people, gather around. We have to talk about this. All right. My first question is, is Derniger representing only the nuts? Is he representing only 9-10 of hearts, or yes. can he have any 9? He cannot just have a 9 here. It has to be 9-10. He would never in a million years put in his whole main event with 9-10 when he, when he figures he's folding out. Like, like you're not going to get called by a chop, right? Yeah. So, you'd be, so if you raise with a 9, you figure you're only getting called by a 9 or worse, yeah. which is the nuts. No, he's only doing this with 9-10. So he only has one combo. One combo exists in the world of this. Wow. It's true for both players. Yep. So maybe that's why he thinks he can do this, is he's only like one I combo can call. I think for both players. I think Rasmussen can have other nines. No, nine, ten we're talking about. I, mean, I know, I know, but I'm saying oh. like as played, Rasmussen can have other nines. As right. played, Derniger can only have nine, ten, right? Well, he can have pocket nines. You think he would move in with pocket nines? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. As of right now, you're correct. He can only have nine, ten. Yeah. Right, and, and as played up to this point, Rasmussen can have a, can have a nine and bet that. Right? Yeah, any yeah. other nine. Yeah, we don't know if he'd really bet this much, but sure, yeah. it's possible. Right. Whereas with Derniger, we don't think he has just a single nine because there's no point in raising a single nine. He would nine. never raise a single nine, especially when the bet is this yeah. much. The bet basically demands you can only... It says yeah, you have to raise with nine, ten, and nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a problem, is that he's repping only that. Literally one combo. So does that mean he's getting called every time Rasmussen has a nine? Which Derniger does not block. I don't know. Is he actually get? Are you actually calling with a nine here? If you bet and get rate, you bet a hundred into seventy four and get moved question. in. This is like I feel like this is a type of play we used to see like in twenty fifteen all the time that we did breakdowns on where it's like he's literally repping one combo, but if you can't beat it, can you really put him on a bluff? You can <laughs> like, like you can like never beat the combo. Yeah. Though. that's the thing. You yeah. can never beat what they're repping when they raise the river, right? Ah, uh, uh, I mean. <laughs> We don't have... Okay, with ace eight... Okay, let's pretend we have ace nine somehow. As, Although we would have checked called. Yeah, but then we wouldn't have checked called the flop. So how do we even have a nine? We have nine X of hearts. We've gone over this. Okay, that's it, right? Yeah. So if we have nine well, X of we, hearts, well, then it's we an easy... Have, whoa, whoa. Like, nine, we, nine four suited, nine five suited, nine six suited. Okay, but hold on. If we have nine X of hearts, it's actually an easy call. Because Oh, because we blocked nine ten of hearts. Right, so that's when we can call. Yeah. Any nine nine of heart, though, I think we probably have to fold now because now we have calls with nines. That's a good point. See, I got there. Well, there's nine four, nine five, and nine six that maybe we have that don't okay. have to be hearts. Right, those are the nines we have that aren't hearts. Yeah. Right, and um, and eight nine specifically, yeah. and all eight nines. Okay, good. So those are the ones we can fold. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not that many of them. We, actually, compared to the suited 
the nine X of hearts, it's probably, there's probably more folds, but not a lot more folds. Well, I don't think that's true because the suited ones aren't here as often as played as the nine, right. four, nine, five, nine, right, six. Right, right, right. there are more check raises on the flop. They are more check raises on the flop. True. Um, but at least there's only 9K on the flop. It's cheap. You're deep. You could sometimes call. Sure, but you'd like to win the pot right now. I know, but not everyone's going to check raise. Yeah, they're not, not, not going to check raise all their Yeah, I'm just draws. saying it reduces the amount of, uh, of flush draws. I agree completely. Um, so the point is, though, there are nines we can call with because we always have, we have to call with the nine Yeah, of if hearts. you have the nine of hearts in your hand, you have to call. We have to take like a deep breath and really think this hand through, though, and understand that the only nine that gets here that beats us is the nine, ten of hearts. And if we have the nine of hearts in our hand, he can't have it. Yep. And he's doing some, either he's lost his mind with a nine or he's bluffing. Yep. And then we have to, we have to call. Right. But we have to really do that. We have to sit there and be like, he can't have the nine tennis spades. He can't have the nine tennis spades. He wouldn't have called the turn. He just wouldn't yeah. have. You know, we have to like talk ourselves into it and be sure. But then we just have to call. Right. I agree with that. Good. So obviously Rasmussen doesn't have any of that, and he folds because yeah. he's just playing the board. Yeah. But the the real question here was because I think we overall liked Rasmussen's play when we kind of figured it out. I like it. I yeah. like all of it. Is this just wildness from Derniger? to try to rep this one combo when your opponent could have hands that if he thinks it through could have a nine that blocks that one combo and makes it. So he has to call with a hand that ends your tournament. Is this too wild? Well, here's the thing is it's, it is giving a lot of credit to your opponent to, yes, be, able it to, is. to be able to, I mean, it's a bunch of things. Number one, we're, we're saying like, well, we have to, we need this guy to be able to fold the nine. Yeah. Number one. Okay. Number two, he, if we think he's capable of folding a nine, is he going to in real time put together that the, having the nine X of hearts in his hand is the one combo that he yeah, doesn't Yeah, I probably fold? wouldn't. Like you have, I believe like Stevie Chidwick's going to know that. Yeah. He's going to know that before he bets. He's going to be like, I'm always calling with the nine of hearts in my right. hand. It's an automatic right. play. But like everybody else, it's nine X of hearts and it's nine eight with the nine of hearts, right? Those are the, yeah. those are the hands we call it with. Well, maybe nine six with the nine of hearts. He could have that. Right. Okay, you're right. Probably he might fold nine five with nine of hearts. He might call that preflop. Not sure. Um, yeah, probably calls, but so I don't nine know. four is probably a fold though. Obviously. Nine four off has yeah. got to be a fold. Yeah, yeah. Nine five. You're right. It's an unknown. So there's a few. There's a few ways you get there. Right. So, but it's possible. Like in real time, he actually folds all the combos that aren't the nuts. Right. And now suddenly, this has got to be a profitable play, right? Yeah. Because we're like, oh, this is great. We can target his value. Forget it. Like all but one combo of his value is like going down here. That's amazing. I don't know. I don't know if Derniger is thinking of all this, or he's just like, I. I don't think you have it. I'm yeah. all in. Deal with it. Like, I mean, it's who knows. Is it possible? Also, Derniger sitting there thinking like, uh, Hearts would have check raised the flop a lot. Going back to your thing, so like we can eliminate like nine ten of Hearts pretty easily. Yeah. Like you don't have it that much anyway. Forgetting about all the other stuff. And how do you, and you led the turn. It's hard for you to have that many nines. Yeah. I'm in. I'm all in. I, I think this is a bad play unless you know things for sure though, because. As Derniger, we got 330,000 chips in front of us, right? Yeah. We have 110 blinds. Yep. That's what we're putting we at start, risk. We started with 122 blinds. We've only lost 12 blinds in this pot yeah. if we just fold right now. Yep. This, is, this can't be a good play unless you know something deep in your bones. This feels like a big mistake. This is... Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. In the World Series of Poker main event in Las Vegas, this is an abominable mistake because of the ease of the field and yeah. the depth of your stack and how slow the levels are. Like... Yep. If you're a good player at all, there's no reason to try to push for like a play that you believe is worth 5,000 more chips than folding when it doesn't fucking matter at all. Mm -hmm. If you believe that you are a dog in the field, maybe take this shot. I don't know. If, If this is a tough field, you don't think you're up to the task. Like these are the shots maybe you take to give yourself a chance. There's another mistake in this hand though that 
Derniger makes, I, I would argue, and I think you would agree, which is that he doesn't need to move in for three. Oh, he could, he could min race, or he can make he can make it two hundred and seventy five. Even yeah, you know, he can preserve a bunch of blinds here, and it's got the same impact. Yeah, you're right. You're so, right. And then remember, we were talking about how if you're going to do that, then you have to do it for yeah. um, you know, you got to balance and do it with your value too. That's fine, but like, there's just no difference. Like, if you're sitting there with a nine, they both look awful. Mm-hmm. They, you're going to feel the same. So you could preserve, you know, 20, 30 blinds here really easily. Yeah. In the end, I don't know. My brain is soup from this thing. It's a tough one. Yeah. Well, this is our third podcast of the day. Yeah, that so I can't even, can't even speak words anymore. Well, here's the end of them. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it.